let's not act like everybody didn't get to enjoy the crack. Welcome to Indecorous Podcast. Indecorous means not in good taste. I'll shock the jizz at you. Impolite. When we would drop napalm in Vietnam, we just called it a one-white Charlie. Inappropriate. For pedophiles that like older women, that's what a teen movie is. Shameless. The Great Midget Orgy of 1939. Unacceptable. I was just trying to check his prostate with my dick. Indiscreet. If you don't grow the mullet, the mullet grows you. Immoral. I'm not a cannibal, but I eat ass. And beyond the pale. This is what Orwell warned us about. Indecorous Comedy is a reprehensibly distinguished educational comedy podcast hosted by stand-up comedian Carlos Valencia, Bobby D, and Ian. Either the smartest lowbrow or dirtiest highbrow podcast on the internet. Welcome to episode 105 of Indecorous Comedy. This is episode 5 of season 3. I'm your host, Carlos Valencia. To my right is Bobby. Yo. To my left is Ian. What's happening? Tonight, we are going to be talking about Indecorous News. We'll be diving deep into the Indecorous history of the CIA, and we will close it all out by answering listener questions. Uh, Before we get started, we have to do corrections, apologies, and clarifications. We we made it through like two episodes without him, so I guess (laughs) it's only a matter of time. And our episode 103 promo, that was the episode where we talked about the streaker guy that uh, bet on himself. Oh, yeah. And the promo says Kevin Harlan made a $5,000 prop bet, said there would be a streaker on the field, and, you know, he made it himself. So... It was 50, wasn't it? Oh, okay. What did I say? You said 5,000. Oh, yeah. 50,000. Yeah, that's not... That's got nothing to do with it. What does have to do with it is Kevin Harlan is just a football announcer, an NFL football (laughs) announcer. Like, I don't know where you get this information, Ian, but that's just an NFL play-by-play guy. I I know. So so I I put that little Easter egg out there to try to get the people on the interwebs talking, and it apparently worked. So Okay. So that's what we're going with now? We're just putting random names up there? (laughs) You had to just throw some factoids out that are wrong and people start trying to correct you. Next thing you know, you got 50 comments, and then your shit goes viral, bro. Yeah, the next thing you know, you got 50 people being like, hey, that podcast is shit. They don't even know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, so so we're, our strategy is to just draw attention to lies. <laughs> I was led to believe any attention is good attention, I guess. Uh, yeah, no, I would rather be like, hey, no, these guys know what they're talking about instead of just posting random horseshit. Also... <laughs> And actually, and that was because I was like, did did fucking did because Bobby wrote that one, but then yeah. I I went back and it's like you we even said it on the podcast. I was like, yeah, there was no name attached to that. Apparently, the guy's actual name is Yuri Andrade. That's the because I mean that that okay. that's what they posted on there. It's like Kevin Harlan is a football announcer. The streaker's name was Yuri Andrade, but we never even mentioned a name on the podcast. So like, Ian is just off on his own rocker, man. He's like, fuck it. I don't even. I don't even care what we said on the podcast. I'm just making up my own shit. Radical yeah. guerrilla marketing, baby. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's why we got. How many likes did we get on that one, Ian? <laughs> I think we got some negative. I think. I mean, they don't show you the total likes, but just the total was a negative downvote of one. I don't think they. So go I much guess that, that that tells us how well that worked. Yeah. So, so why? Okay, out of curiosity, why would you go Kevin Harlan? Just because it's semi-believable? I mean, if you're going to lie, fucking swing for the fences. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yeah. Just make up some fucking weird-ass goddamn name. Yeah. It was just, it was a name I saw in the same article, so I copy and pasted it wrong, hoping I could get some more traction on those comments. And, of course, you know. No, I think you just uh, don't fact-check. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. You just never fact-check 
And here we are again. I, I'm not entirely convinced you didn't just unintentionally fuck this up and then came up with a creative way to try and save well, it. Well, that's what I'm trying to say. That's what that's my theory oh, as oh, well. Okay, okay. So okay, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a big fan of Cunningham's Law. Cunningham's Law, of course, says the best way to get the right answer or whatever is by putting the wrong answer and acting smug about it. Which... See, that's not true. That's Millington's Law. <laughs> right now we're getting fucking corrections live corrections we need to get a fucking live fact checker on the podcast lord Ian strikes again yep and the other one that I wanted to do is just a clarification I mentioned on the last podcast that the, in Canada that guy that uh, got heckled and then he went to court he got fined he ended up getting fined like fifteen thousand dollars and all it was, you know, like, these lesbians were heckling him. And so I thought he had come back with some generic heckler lines, but it was even worse than that. All he did was say, fucking cunts, stupid cunts, stupid dykes, and oh, fucking dyke cunts. Wow. So it was like, oh, okay. like it's not, I don't think you should be fine for that, for not having yeah. any kind of... But he basically just got angry. He kind of went the Kramer route. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. Mimi's intro, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> now we love so, Mimi. I still think it's horseshit that he got fined, but yeah, he also didn't have shit to come back to the hecklers. It wasn't yeah. clever at all. I'll still take the comic side, because fuck hecklers, but yeah, this guy had nothing, and because he's not in America. I mean, in America, that would never happen, but yeah, that's why I'm saying it's like, we're lucky here. As shitty as America can be in a lot of ways, we're not going to have to pay fines for just cursing. Yeah, yeah. and and I mean, because in that situation... Like you're, you're just, you're better off saying nothing than what he said. You know what I mean? Cause you don't, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you just come across as hateful and angry at that. I've point. seen it a million times though at open mics and shit or with comics that are very green or, or very new that they have nothing. So they just resort to saying like the meanest, most obscene shit that yeah. they can think of, which is not clever at all. No, but, but I mean, you shouldn't be heckling the comics either. Yeah. I, it would be kind of funny though. If like, We've seen in recent years people attack comedians. I'd like to see comics attacking hecklers. That'd be pretty yeah. funny. Yeah. That would have been the better move, actually. I mean, he might have gotten out paying a little less, a little... Uh, I would, yeah, I wouldn't have minded seeing that. That actually would have been pretty good. Full contact. Yeah. Comic literally destroys Heckler with his <laughs> fists. Yeah. Simple assault versus 20 grand, 40 grand, whatever. Yeah. All right. So anything else you guys got going on? So I do have this little PSA for our beloved fans. Don't use ivermectin soaked tampons as COVID nineteen prevention. So if they didn't work for Ian, they won't work for you. <laughs> All right. So, so this is apparently circulating around the right wing Facebook scene. There's been a little bit of a misinformation spread about putting ivermectin soaked tampons in your snatch. That that's the cure. I think that might cure people that are into the bestiality dewormer. I mean, possibly that could help out with bestiality, but no, it's not going to cure fucking COVID-19. So. Is it like a liquid? I don't know what that shit looks like. Is it a pill or how does it? I'd have to believe it's a, yeah, it's, a, it's like a dewormer. So they usually put this in like little doggies mouths with like a little, little droplet or some okay, shit. Okay. So it's a liquid. It's yeah. And they also, I think, sell it as a paste yeah, too. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, or you can just, I've gotten it in like pill form from the vet. Because I was taking that shit before COVID, you know, just in case. <laughs> yeah, you're on the forefront of that shit. And guess yeah. what? Didn't get COVID. Yeah. So like, so Joe Rogan lost his $100 million Spotify contract by saying, everyone take the ivermectin. Wait, did he? Yes, he did. 
What? Is this true, or are we going to have to make a correction next week? This is, nah, come on. Nah, dude. That would have been, you know, in the same way that you get notifications for some weird-ass right-wing news, <laughs> I would have gotten some sort of notification <laughs> Yeah, I would have for thought, Joe Rogan. I would have thought I would have heard it, too, yeah. Yeah, I got the fucking updates when he got the contract. All right, do a Google search. The first thing that comes up says, Joe Rogan loses Spotify deal in millions due to ivermectin. So first thing that shows up when you do a Google search. Anyway, I heard I heard the claim. It was a uh, basically after he caught COVID because I don't know if you guys are keeping up with that, but he did in fact catch COVID. Yeah, yeah, we talked about it on the podcast for a minute. Yeah, so he's like live tweeting or some shit, and he's blogging and he's talking to his fans, going, "Yo, dude, I was just taking this and that and this and that and ivermectin and all this stuff and just trying to crush this shit." And then Spotify execs were like, "Nah, get this fucker out of here." Hold on. So the first thing that comes up actually is. Joe Rogan hasn't lost his $100 million Spotify deal. Jesus, that's like the exact... Did you just miss the did-it part of that, So Ian? I see below that, there there was one from September 3rd where it says it loses it, but the one that I was looking at says September 6th. And who would ever question an article from sportskeeda.com? Oh, Sportskeeda said it? <laughs> they decreed it. Well, I saw it from Patheos... Yeah. And a couple other ones. But yeah, I mean, it could be a goof, but I mean, it's not like I made up the goof. No, you just fall for all of them, Ian. Yeah, here's another thing. Joe Rogan has not lost his Spotify deal. Every, dude, those contracts are airtight. You can't just fucking take a horse dewormer and lose your shit. You yeah, know? I, I was like, I mean, if somebody <laughs> loses a $100 million contract, I would have think like, I would have, like, how did I hear about him getting COVID and not hear about him losing uh, ninth figure contracts? All right. All right, so we're saying that it was an internet prank or something like that? Yeah, it, it, there were probably people like saying that he should, and somebody was like, I'm going to write the article. What are the consequences, really? Yeah. And they sold ads on patheos.com, and you might have bought that product. They were like, uh, hopefully <laughs> Ian hears that and spreads it at some point. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's their hope for us. I feel like we're maybe like watering down my credibility right now when I'm doing my little PSA saying, please don't take ivermectin. So yeah, this so. is a bad. Yeah, I don't know what to do now. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like that's good advice. Jesus. Yeah, we're setting up our fans for a little bit of a tricky situation. Do we trust this guy or do we just go ahead and start soaking our fucking tampons? I mean, I don't good know. Good point. I don't know. Like, take it at your own risk, listeners. You already know Ian's history with the Babylon Bee article. So, <laughs> so maybe, maybe we're just suppressing the real cure right now, you know? All right. Welcome to the QAnon podcast. All right, guys, it is time to introduce our guest for tonight. Let's welcome him, Mr. Chris Buck. How you doing, sir? Uh, good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. Great having you, dude. Where are you coming in from today? Jacksonville? Jacksonville. Yeah, Jacksonville, Florida, Jacksonville. You were supposed to be in town, what, like a week or two ago, and then they canceled that festival, right? Um, yeah, yeah, for Charlotte. They, they routed me over to Raleigh up over there oh okay so at least you were able to do some spots you know you would think but it turned out to be the worst show i've ever done oh, and, uh, oh no yeah and, and and i was happy i was happy to go check it out and it, it was so bad it went through bad and became entertaining on the other side <laughs> like where uh it was um there was a band Playing. You ever had a band playing while you were performing? Um, <laughs> while? Oh, wait, while you're yeah. performing? Oh, no. Jesus. Oh, and, and not a band for the show, like a band at the neighboring venue uh, 12 feet away. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. 
Yeah. So like in an eight piece <laughs> funk band live, you know, 12 feet away. And then uh, we had a DJ who was like our ally, like he was bringing us up and, and he was trying to battle the band while, you know, when he would bring you up <laughs> oh, <no>. and <laughs> it was outdoors on the street, like sidewalk and then motorcycles, cars right there. And, um, oh, man. and then you swing around and the Durham Bulls is having their minor league fireworks celebration. Oh, nice. <laughs> <It's>, oh, <laughs> Lord. I mean, I, I, I'm not a big laugh out loud guy, but I, I mean, I was screaming laughing at yes. just the, the concept. So just so they can hear you laughing. Just, just the arrival. I mean, just literally going, oh, we're like this. This we're doing. This is, this is the best. So it was a highlight. It was, uh, it was pretty fun. And yeah, it makes for a great story. It was on 9-11, and I was doing a... Oh. a uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So that was your 9-11. I wasn't doing a, <laughs> I wasn't doing a pro 9-11 bit, but I did have a... The whole trip... Uh, not the whole trip, but like the Charlotte show that I was trying to set up in Charlotte was... Uh, uh -huh. I have a 9-11 bit that recommends alternative terrorism. And, <laughs> and I've had it for multiple years. But on, you know, you rarely do you get to do it on the 20th anniversary of 9/11. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And in the bit, even though it's written a couple of years ago, it's very close. One of the examples is that I recommend uh, digging up Dale Earnhardt Sr. and uh, <laughs> and then just kind of weaken it. Bernie's puppeting him, you know, like cutting like <laughs> Al Qaeda ISIS promos, and basically. But I wanted to do it on 9/11, 20th years. 40 minutes from where he's buried in Mooresville. Yeah, yeah. You know? Oh, dude. Yeah, that'd be perfect. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's what I was hoping for. And then I ended up doing that to an eight-piece funk band during a week <laughs> celebration. Sometimes Man. that just sounds right. <laughs> that almost sounds like somewhere like Maria Bamford would record an album just to outdo herself. You know? <laughs> yeah, I think she shoots for a, a, the idea of a good thing though i think the goal is uh yeah that's uh, true that's true it's like even though it's a small audience at least they're not the receptive at least they're listening yeah, yeah. but where i mean where do you go after you what didn't she she did one to like for her parents right yeah yeah it was like just yeah. her mom yeah. and dad yeah. yeah yeah i think i think the difference is she's the wild variable yeah, yeah that's true yeah <laughs> All right, guys, we are going to move on to our first segment of the night. This is Indecorous News. This is the segment where we highlight the most important news happening across the United States and all over the world. After you listen to this segment, you will never have to listen to another newscast ever again in your entire life. This first story, the, and the only story, actually, the headline is, Man does gross thing, and then woman is like, Ew, gross. And the source is Daily Mail. We actually get a lot of shit from the Daily Mail. I'm not really... They're from the UK, right? Daily Mail? Yeah, I think so. It sounds like it so. sounds like they're like New York Post, kind of, because we get a lot of stories. I think Mirror... Isn't the Mirror like their New York Post? Is it? I don't know. I, can, I, I can't so. keep track, but I know we get a lot of shit from Daily Mail. But yeah, Mirror, I think, is also up that way. But here, Ian, you could just tell us more about this story. Alrighty. Shirley Wright Johnson from Oklahoma City was at Crest Foods on Sunday with her children when she went to get some pizza rolls to feed her overweight tarantula. <laughs> she originally wanted to get a bag of the calzone pizza concoction invented by Ian named 
pizzazz. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was last episode. That's how Ian spelled pizzazz. You know, like you have pizzazz. He spelled it P-A-Z-A-Z. And I'm like, what the fuck is this pizzazz? <laughs> it's one of these words where, here's the thing. Google and all these other different bullshit text editors, they have this thing where if you misspell something so bad, they just say, you want to add it to the dictionary? And I'm like, add that to the dictionary. So now it doesn't fucking note, find this as a spelling error. So there you yeah, go. So now you, yeah, yeah. now you have to invent a calzone slash pizza yeah. that's called. And, and you also sell yourself as published going forward. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sounds fucking delightful. So, But since the store didn't have any of these pizza calzone concoctions, she settled for pizza rolls. When she reached for the bag, though, she felt something squishy and erotic underneath it. And when she turned over, she discovered it was poopies. Yeah. Now, I added a few embellishments to this, but that part is true. She was reaching to the pizza rolls and felt something squishy. And sure enough... Oh, this is the worst thing I've ever heard. This is the worst thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You'd rather do that show ten times over. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as soon as I feel just anything that is not like anything that's gooey, yeah. like I don't even care what it is, I am automatically going to be like, ah, fuck. I'm always going to assume the worst. It's kind of like when you're, I don't know, in a public bathroom and you touch something wet, I just automatically assume it's urine, regardless of where it is. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't expect feces in a freezer, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what happened here. Yeah. It's like, I mean, even grabbing a package of meat at the grocery store and it like having meat juice on it. Yeah. You know, yeah like, ah, come on, man. I mean, how long yeah. is how long is it going to take? You're not going to know it right away. You're still going to have to check. Right. Like, so that's, yeah. I mean, it's frozen. Frozen is better than not frozen. Yeah. If you there know. is a better. Yeah, exactly. That's the other thing. I was like, yeah, that's like what makes it like if it was just like a frozen chunk of uh, poop. That's all right. I mean, you're not going to dig into it, but if it's squish, I mean, just the whole word squishy, you know? Yeah. Right. Uh, your, your fingers are digging in there. I feel like even if it was boxed up and labeled, you'd be like, oh, get the fucking gross, man. <laughs> yeah. Right. Even if it had a UPC code. Yeah. So they talked to her and she said, I picked up a bag of pizza rolls and there's literally shit. She told News 4 Oklahoma. I was so disgusted. I was almost in tears, sweet papa man. I was upset. I was disgusted. I feel like I was violated. It wasn't even erotic. Not even a little bit. <laughs> so how did she get interviewed by a news company here? I mean, I think we're burying the headlines. So a girl finds shit in mm -hmm. a fr frozen dinner. Yes. And then somehow there's a news company there to interview her. Like, can you... <laughs> Help me connect the dots with that one. Well, dude. that's a great question, Ian. I really don't know. I don't know if it was a slow day in Oklahoma City. <laughs> hey, can, <but laughs> can we also go ahead and nip it in the bud next week's correction that pizza rolls are not a frozen dinner? <laughs> in, in no way, shape, or form are they dinner. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've had my moments where junk food such as this would be an edible meal. I mean, I wasn't okay. always eating healthy and green. I don't know if I ever have had pizza rolls, to be honest. Like, that's how deprived I am. I don't know. What is an actual pizza roll? Who's going to take this? Yeah. Is that anybody want? Are we going to fight over this? Is or that a very touchy subject? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know this was going to be such a taboo subject to talk about. So there's like bagel bites, there's pizza bites, there's the pizza wontons. What? Is it just pizza like the, the dough filled with tomato sauce or whatever? Yeah, they're like miniature, even somehow worse hot pockets. Good Lord. 
I'm starting to feel like this lady might have deserved what she got. I mean, this is terrible food. Well, but she was there with her children, so she was probably getting it for her children. This might just be the universe trying to tell her, maybe you should feed your kids a little bit better. All right, Bob, you can do this next one. Moore Police Department confirmed that the feces were human. Upon checking security camera footage, police saw a man taking photographs of female customers in the store before walking over to the freezer section. This guy was just... Yeah, Yeah, so this guy... Well, first of all, I'm not sure exactly... Do you think they have a dude that that's his job to confirm if feces are human? (laughs) It'd be awesome if he just, like, tastes it. He's like... That's his job. (laughs) Yep, he got some human here. He's like the sommelier of human feces or something? Exactly. He's like, I'm catching hints of this, catching hints of that. Were they... When he said it was taking pictures... Yeah, this dude, they were taking the security camera for, and then the guy was taking photographs of female customers in the store, uh-huh. which yeah, I'm, I'm not really, I can't even envision a scenario where that he was doing that for any kind of uh, charitable purposes. Yeah. I think the only time it's maybe not creepy is if it's in a Walmart and it's because it's disgusting. Oh, <laughs> yeah. like you're taking pictures of the people of Walmart sort of thing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this is okay. this is the culprit we're talking about. This is the source. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he did these two things in the same trip. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, "What does a guy got to do to get arrested around here?" It was a plea for help. <laughs> wow. So he starts by taking creepy photos of female customers. Then he walks over to the freezer section, and this is presumably the perp in the story that then defecates in the pizza rolls, right? Yes. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Okay. So I'll, I'll let you finish it off, Bobby. Lieutenant Kyle Johnson with the Moore Police Department said that individual was then observed, went to the cooler section where he proceeded to defecate inside one of the coolers before leaving the business. The man has not yet been identified and police are hunting for him day and night. (laughs) Uh, It is unclear if they've asked for FBI assistance in resolving this case, but it shouldn't be long before the man is featured on America's Most Wanted, the show created by John Walsh but will now be hosted by Elizabeth Vargas since John has current contractual obligations with Discovery Channel for his series In Pursuit, where he chases crane flies around his neighbor's backyard. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't seen it, but that's what I figure it is. So, yeah, apparently they claim they're looking for this guy. I don't know how hard. Do you think they're really like that's uh, I I always I don't finish my sentences because I always go on tangents about being pissed at cops. Like I got, (laughs) you know, it's like one of those things where my uh, years and years and years ago, the somebody broke into my buddy's car, Joe Zimmerman, and I had my notebook on there and like nobody gives a fuck about a joke notebook. So I did that. But that's what I cared the most about it. You know what I mean? Like that's probably the first thing that the people that robbed the thing threw away. Uh, But I want to just like I still want to like, oh, is there any chance this gets recovered? And obviously the cops never do anything. Like, was like, <laughs> yeah. And, and then later on, the cop calls and he's like, yeah, I'm calling about that robbery that you called in. Uh, have you gotten any leads or anything? And I'm like, what? I thought that was supposed to be your gig. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're, you're, you're asking me if I've cracked the case? Come on. So I was like, what's the fucking even point of having these yeah, cops out there? Do you have any tips where we yeah. should hang out? We might be able to find this guy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, yeah. So now, given that, how little they give us shit about recovering stolen property i don't really think they're going after the shitter i had two of those where like i got my apartment got robbed once and i noticed that the cops arrived and had me fill out the police report but they didn't even look around the apartment yeah oh yeah like they didn't (laughs) like they didn't like like look outside or take a you know what i mean they didn't even look at the actual crime dude 
Same here, same here. I was like, hey, isn't there like a thing called fingerprinting and shit or <laughs> DNA evidence? Like when that actually when it happened with Joe Z, when 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 that break in happened, we called the cops and they were like, well, you know, it happened. You know, just file a report tomorrow. Like they're like they yeah we're. <laughs> We can't be bothered with this, but, you know, in the morning, call it in. It's odd because that's the coolest part about, not the coolest part about being a cop, but, like, that's what you do in the movies. So don't you want to be the cop, like, in the movies? You would yeah. think so, yeah, right? Yeah, we're fingerprint. Yeah. Let's get the print. Like, this is how, yeah. <laughs> this could be the next lethal weapon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised they don't just give you a link to an online form where you fill out your own police report. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. you could give suggestions in the comment section about maybe how to find the criminal. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll close out this story. Wright Johnson says she alerted store employees immediately after making the disgusting discovery. She says that she then bleached her hands and left the <laughs> store with her children. She says the kids complained they could smell it the whole way home. Quote, all the way home, they still were like, Mom, I can smell it. I can smell it. I can smell the shit. It is everywhere, she said. I'm like, I smell it too, sweet baby. I smell it too. As a lonely tear rolled down her face. <laughs> right Johnson says, Crest's corporate offices only offered her some steaks to make up for smelling like feces for the rest of her life. <laughs> <laughs> that final part is true it's true that's what they offered her here's some steaks i like that it's become like a telltale heart situation but with smelling shit oh my god i'm traumatized by the whole event so i <laughs> yeah. i mean honestly honestly it just bothers me when there's not a proper reaction they're like oh they went home or they offered i was like i don't know that i could accept it even psychologically that i wouldn't fight somebody or in the store like i would just feel like <laughs> yes I, I, I just feel like this can't have happened like this you, yeah. you like they can't abide this this cannot happen like somebody right nobody in the yeah. store has answers right and then them not having answers would infuriate me more <laughs> is this no real quick is this on the same day or today on the video footage I imagine it is because if it wasn't on the same day then i would think the poop would be frozen oh man so if this happened to you you would have to fist fight the manager i i mean i, it, I if they got to corporate and they only offered him what did the manager offer you know what i mean like what happened on site at the store because that's true i can't even fathom yeah. i mean i've almost gotten in like fight just renewing my driver's license cost 40 bucks <laughs> you know and can, can we talk about that for the rest of the show please? <laughs> <laughs> that's a great point though yeah i didn't even realize that yeah if she's going to corporate that means that the local people weren't offering her shit well they gave her shit but just offering her nothing <laughs> i don't even know if i'd wash my hands i feel like they wash my hands yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like servitude. Like there's like a shoe shine. I don't know what it is. Like I wouldn't, I don't even know. How many kids? How many kids she have? I don't know, but it was more than one because it said children. And they were talking shit on the way home like that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I can uh, smell the shit. See, that's what I would do a thing. I'd be like, all right, if I have to smell this, everybody in this fucking supermarket has to, every employee line up, you have to smell my hands. <laughs> You get to go home with this fucking smell, too. I mean, free pizza rolls for life. There's no doubt about that. I mean. <laughs> yeah, for sure. At the very least. If I can get my appetite back, that would be the first part. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. No fucking kidding, dude. Maybe it was a situation where the homeless guy ate pizza rolls 
got uh, diarrhea uh, uh, and then was like, oh, back from whence you came. Or he was marking his spot. I see. That was, no, that was his revenge from eating that shitty ass fucking pizza roll. Like, here, fucking, you can have it back. That's his way of returning. Yeah. Return to Cinder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, so he's got beef with the pizza rolls, possibly. Yes, exactly. Now, I don't yeah. think we've ever figured out the whole taking pictures of women thing. But, uh, yeah. well, maybe it was like these women, they're all going to want to fuck me after they see what a rebel I am taking a shit into this <laughs> fucking freezer. So yeah. I just want picture documentation. Yeah, it sounds like he's he's also got beef with his own brain. Yeah, yeah. Now, there's a, there's a lot more going on here. I, like, I do like this idea of this, like, not karmic, but, you know, that circling around. It all ends up in the Middle East type of... Uh... <laughs> vengeance you know what i mean it all trickles down his anger and then goes on to her and now she's gonna do something to somebody else and it's oh yeah 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 cats in the cradle and this is how 9 11 happened yeah Move on to our next segment. This is Indecorous Deep Dive. We build this show as an educational comedy podcast. We often fall short of the latter, but we always deliver on the former. This week's Deep Dive was written by Ian. What? I'll do this intro paragraph. Covert clandestine operations to save America and kill the bad guy are the bread and butter of the CIA, but throughout its short 75-year history, it hasn't always been a PG James Bond movie. The CIA was created in 1947 to primarily spy on Russia. But like all great American agencies, their scope would quickly expand to more fun things like destabilizing democratically elected governments, domestic drug trafficking, and spying on U.S. citizens. From luring unsuspecting Johns into fake whorehouses to get them to take LSD to shoving water hoses up people's asses, this is the dark history of the CIA. And Bobby, you can start us out here. Believe it or not, once upon a time, Iran was a decent place with a happy, prosperous people. In 1951, Mohammed uh, Mossad... Perfect. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They definitely got that one. Uh, became the prime minister of Iran, and he had some crazy ideas like kicking out the British company BP, who had a monopoly on Iranian oil... Instead, he figured that the oil on the land belonged to the people of Iran, so he nationalized it, and the country experienced unparalleled growth and prosperity for a minute. But the UK was like, a little help, and the US was like, we got you, bro. So in 1953, the CIA orchestrated the overthrow of uh, Mossad. Do you know how to say it, man? Yeah, you're asking Ian if he knows how to say it? <laughs> yeah, this. I feel like I'm channeling my inner Ian to get through this. Sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, he orchestrated the overthrow of that guy through Operation Ajax. They did this by buying off the Iranian press and having them run anti-Mossadegh. Uh, Mas Nailed it. Yep, yep. <laughs> I mean, it's got Mossad is like the first part of it. I mean, I... The, I thought Israel was involved in this, right? <laughs> I thought uh, it was more like Randy Moss. That's the way I was going with it. But sure, go ahead. Uh, propaganda and convincing the religious elements of the country that Mossadegh was Nailed a threat. It. Yep. <laughs> Finally, an American-led coup captured Mossadegh. <laughs> you, Nailed it. I feel like this was supposed to be Ian's paragraph, the number of times <laughs> that you put that name Ian in. Ian wrote it. This is how he takes his revenge on you, Bobby. At least it's one word over and over and over that's hard to pronounce, not 20 of them. 
I said it earlier. I, I'll say it again. Ian strikes back. Or Ian strikes again. Uh, BP was happy, and Iran got their former leader, the Shah, back for another 25 years. But the U.S. wasn't done fucking around with Iran. From 1977 to 1979, the CIA and in spreading propaganda and throwing fire on the Iranian Revolution, which installed the religious nutjob, the Ayatollah, as their leader. The end result was a win for child marriage, polygamy, women dressing up as towels, and the clever catchphrase Ayatollah Asahola. Is that a, that's a good one. Yeah, that Woo. like preceded the, the the Billy Bass fish. That's it. That's the, my only regret of not starting stand up comedy in the eighties is I couldn't use that yeah. Ayatollah Asahola. Sell so merch. Iran has kind of sort of hated the U.S. ever since. There you go. There you go. I know the recent history of Iran. I didn't know this like way going back. It was they had their own dude that was like, just to put this, uh, you know, the cliff notes. uh, Yeah, yeah. They were trying to take over like, hey, this is our oil, man. We want to produce our own oil. And then the U.K., because BP is British Petroleum, for those that don't know. And they were like, wait, they're taking our oil. And then so they We were going to spill that in the Gulf. (laughs) Yes, right. (laughs) They were like, they'll never spill it like we spill it. So we got the Shah in there. The, the other thing, though, is like from the from again, this is anything I have is very limited knowledge. But when the Shah was in power, he did try to like modernize Iran where it wasn't well, what it became with the Ayatollah, basically a theocracy. Yeah, the, the Shah was awesome. I mean, he basically, even though he wasn't as awesome as this Muhammad Mossadegh, whatever the fuck his name is. How do you say it, Chris? Chris, just tell us how do you say it. <laughs> I am. Uh, I mean, I like the attempt to uh, Mossad. You know, I like the Mossad. <laughs> yeah, I just want to go uh, with Mossad. All right, that works. That works. You know, I mean, what is it, Mossad? Ega? There you go. Fuck it. That's better than I'm going to fucking just clip. When I edit this episode, I'm just going to clip what Chris said and put it over everything that Bobby butchered. Look, let's not. There's there's the there's also the option for the the soft G H at the end, right? Is that Dej? Dej, yeah. uh, like I don't know. It looks like Mossad, and then the sound you make when you hear about something that Mossad did. Yeah, it's like, ah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. The problem here is that if only Bobby didn't have a ban on having Arab comics on the podcast, we could have gone to the bottom of this, but he just will not allow it for a reason. <laughs> so before this dude was a prime minister, basically UK and BP, they were running the show in Iran. They basically pillaged all their oil reserves because this is like a holdover from World War One and World War Two, where they yeah. just owned the shit and ran the shit. And this dude's like finally putting up a fight. Like, no, nah, we want to take our shit back, bro. This is our shit. So then UK was like, these little bitches out here are trying to check us. US, you want to come in and help <laughs> us get our shit back? So then US is like, we got you. So we put our CIA people in there, started spreading like mad propaganda to get this guy out of power. And then we put the same dude back in that we had worked out a deal with, which was like, hey, we're going to come pillage and take all your shit, and you're just going to be a little bitch and take it. So then the guy just kind of <laughs> caved to that, and that's kind of how yeah. they've I mean, been I, I do appreciate since. how you, you scripted this like it was some kind of fucking <laughs> gang rivalry, and they're like, they're trying to take my spot like it's an episode of The Wire or some shit. Yeah. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of like, oh, this little bitch right here, this little bitch, <laughs> I'll tell you what... <laughs> Thinks he's gonna step to me. Oh shit! You don't know who I know. I'm calling uh, Brother Mossad over here. Yeah, little bitch ass Ayatollah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Ian, you can do this next one. 
All right, the CIA's second big hit was Operation PB Success in 1954. The CIA launched a collaboration mission between the CIA and a banana company to destroy Guatemalan democracy for shits and giggles. The backstory is the American banana company Chiquita controlled vast swaths of Guatemalan land and production. Aided by autocratic dictators for most of the 20th century, they made huge profits the good old-fashioned way by exploiting workers until a democratic uprising in the 1940s that called for justice, unions, worker protections, a living wage, and all kinds of crazy, horrible socialist bullshit. Real quick, you were pronouncing some of those words like those obnoxious white people at a Mexican restaurant. Uh, no, no, you were nailing it, Ian. Don't, don't listen to Bobby. He's just, he's jealous. He's jealous. You got I just it, want man. my chips and salsa, Bobby. I will have the fajitas. I will have the chiquita. The, with Gu- Guatemala being on the brink of becoming a free and democratic country, Chiquita had their back up against the wall and was projected to be slightly less profitable over the next few years. But rather than taking the L and letting democracy have its day in the sun, the powerful company leveraged its connections to the White House, and as a result, the CIA launched Operation PB Success, a sweeping coup that destroyed the country's democracy, installed a dictator, decades-long civil war, and genocide of the indigenous Mayan people. But Chiquita's stock price went up, and at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. Yeah, I've heard stories like that. I've never, I would hear it as a little kid, so I never really understood why everybody would be so angry at banana companies. Like when I was living in <laughs> Colombia and shit. You know? <laughs> oh, the banana company are evil. I'm like, why don't they just sell bananas? <laughs> I love bananas. You know? and banana and bananas have always had that like limp feel. They're so not aggressive. There's exactly <laughs> they're squishy and erotic, if you will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like when I finish a banana, I feel passive. Yes. How can you possibly get angry at a banana? Yeah. Monkeys love them. <laughs> yeah, but they, they like rip your face off. So that's yeah, kind of that's true. That's kind true. of rude. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why they lure you in is by eating bananas. You're like, oh, bananas, they're fucking awesome. And then you get this monkey ripping your fucking face off. All right, I'll read this next one. The formula of interfering with, with and eventually overthrowing foreign governments in the name of lady capitalism proved to be a smash hit. So the U.S. rinsed and repeated this with other popular brands and corporations in Congo in 60, Dominican Republic in 61, Vietnam in 63, Brazil in 64, Chile in 73. Speaking of 9-11, that's when we overthrew, well, not we, but, you know, that whole coup of, uh, (laughs) I mean, in quotation marks, we, uh, that was 9-11-1973 when they overthrew Allende. Anyway, domestically... Many people have heard of Operation MK Ultra. This was one of the most infamous CIA operations of all time, and it basically involved tricking people into taking LSD to see if... Oh, LDS, Latter-day Saints. Ah, Latter-day Saints. See, I try to... (laughs) Listen, Ian, I try to ignore it, and then Bobby is still on a fucking revenge quest for you making him read that shit. You're going to fucking pay. Yeah, yeah. So he's the one that brought it up. I was going to fucking just go with it. So they were trying to make people take LSD to see if mind control was a thing, but few have heard of MK Ultra's kid sister, Operation Midnight Climax. Yeah, that's what I call my after shows. You know what I'm saying? I'm done with a Carlos gig. Carlos After Dark. Like, Hello, come on now. I'll be in Fayetteville at the end of the week. After the CIA ran out of hippies and homeless people to fuck with, they started using fake whores to lure unsuspecting Johns into CIA safe houses. Once the John went to the safe house, the CIA would inform them that unless they took LSD and let them try their mind control shit, they would knock them out 
to their wives about the whores. We kind of talked about this a little bit when we had uh, Spencer on a couple of seasons ago. Yeah, we just touched on this. But that's basically their whole MO was like, let's just lure some unsuspecting dudes with a whore. And then like, ah, if you don't get high, then we're going to tell your wife that you try to fuck a whore. And most dudes played along because they were like, fuck it, give me the LSD. I can't have a nagging wife for the rest of my life hearing about the whores. Honestly, to me, this sounds like a win-win. I'm not big into prostitutes, but say if I were to try it and then the cops show up and they're like, oh, you're with a prostitute. I'm like, oh, fuck. And then they're like, you're going to have to get high, dude. I'll be like, oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) No. The only way you're getting out of this is getting high. I'm like, oh, my God. Hit me. (laughs) Are the whores still on the table? Can I fuck the whores, bro? Wait, did they get to or no? No, it was, it was a bait and switch. <laughs> oh, wait, whoa. Switch. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. Now Chris has a problem with it. Yeah, you thought you were going to have sex with a prostitute. Nope, free drugs. Are you positive? Yeah. Are you sure about that? Because I think I can walk away from that and then go tell my wife with that if I haven't slept with a prostitute yet. <laughs> <laughs> so you're passing on the LSD, dude? I, I mean, I, I, no, I mean, I probably... Dang, that's a that's a good that's a good scam they're running. I mean, I don't know what <laughs> that is. Um, I mean, obviously, I imagine the people that were targeting weren't stand-up comedians with no fucking yeah. moral qualms about shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're picking out people in suits that work for Bank of America and shit. How about the wife that finds out years later? After her husband did try to tell her, no, the CIA kidnapped me and tried to make me do LSD. And then she hears about the story like you're hearing about it now. (laughs) (laughs) He was telling the truth the whole time. (laughs) That's what ended the marriage. And now she's (laughs) (laughs) exonerated by the evidence. (laughs) We talked about him last week because it was only a day after he passed away. But Norm MacDonald had a great joke that he told at the... At the last Letterman uh, appearance that he had, it was I think he was the last stand-up comic to appear on Letterman before Letterman retired. And one of them was like, yeah, they told me I'd take LSD. But they were like, hey, watch out. You might have flashbacks like 10 years later, 20 years later. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, oh, wow, you tell me I pay you $5, I get high now, and then I can get high again? 10 years? <laughs> and then in 20 years I get high again? It's like, oh, yeah, I'm always trying to get the most high for my uh, drug buck. <laughs> oh, that's that's more fucking uh, horseshit from the big acid company. That's right. That's right. Nailed it, Chris. That was the greatest. Yes. That was a good impression, man. <laughs> that was a great impression too. Yes. Thanks. That's what I love. From that set too, I also love when he talks about the old pictures and he's like, "What is it? Somebody's got to feed those hogs or something." <laughs> and he just moves. On. Uh, yeah. Well, you got to feed them hogs anyway, and then he just moves on to the next. <laughs> Okay, love you, Norm. I'll miss you forever. I'll do this next one. The CIA's Operation Mockingbird was the great-grandfather of Fox News. This was the first time the government took a swing at manipulating the news media for propaganda purposes. This project was widespread and included eavesdropping on 10 of the most popular journalists of the era, as well as the major leaders of all anti-Vietnam groups. The result was more pro-Vietnam spin from the media, and this helped get the Pauling on the right side to justify key operations that were later deemed massive failures in hindsight. Like the entire war. Yeah, like, the, like I mean, yeah. the whole thing was that got started, wasn't like the Gulf of Tonkin shit that actually came out. It's like, yeah, they just made that shit up. 
Bright side, say what you will about all the innocent lives lost and say what you will about this <laughs> scam to trick the public opinion. We got MASH, baby. We got MASH out of this. <laughs> no, <dude. laughs> so, MASH was Korea, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it wasn't even that, bro. I mean, but I feel you. I feel, you, you had good intentions there, Ian. Yeah, Vietnam, they were trying to get another great sitcom going. It just didn't work. <laughs> What's funny is I think the reason I know that it might be because of Norm MacDonald. Didn't he tell a joke like that? The Korean War, that's what we got mad. I don't know. Somebody heard that recently. Anyway, what the fuck? I'm just obsessed with Norm now. You know, they always do that thing where they, they're like, oh, white people love MASH. No, MASH was fucking good. I, did, I never watched it. I mean, it had to have, I, I imagine it had to have been good because otherwise, yeah. why wouldn't it have been? Because it was on the air for like, it, for a while, it was like the longest running show or comedy show, at least on the air. I never saw it. Th th Chris, I was wondering, would someone please stand up for white people? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, <laughs> it was like yeah, it was like Cheers and in, uh, in a war. <laughs> All right, Bobby, you can do this next one. In 1996, a journalist named Carrie Webb exposed how the CIA hired drug traffickers to sell massive amounts of cocaine in the U.S. in order to raise untraceable funds to finance a terrorist organization who were trying to overthrow the Nicaraguan government. This ultimately sparked the crack cocaine epidemic that decimated urban inner city populations in the early 1990s. I thought it was like the late 80s, wasn't it? I mean, it's kind of ish, late 80s to early 90s. I mean, the epidemic ran all the way up into the Rodney King era. I mean, it was kind of a yeah. widespread Listen, thing. Listen, Ian, you made him say that word. He's going to question every single fucking ah. thing you wrote in this goddamn <laughs> deep dive. All right, all right. I'm just trying to get some justice for Freeway Rick Ross. <laughs> <laughs> The, uh, the victims of this ranged from thousands that died of overdose, tens of thousands that ended up in jail, and an estimated 50,000 born with prenatal cocaine exposure, a.k.a. crack babies, a popular insult from that era. Ultimately, Gary Webb was found dead with two bullet wounds to his head. Just let's, let's not. Let's look. Bill Hicks was a great comedian. And let's not. <laughs> Like whitewash it with like taking away the benefits of the drug use. <laughs> Let's not act like everybody didn't get to enjoy the crack. You know, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> Gave us Jay Z. Come on, it was a hell of a drug, from what I've heard. That's right. It was a hell of a drug, and a lot of couches were messed up because of it. But still. <laughs> But yeah, you're absolutely right, Chris. I remember the bit. Well, I mean, I'm sure he had more than one, but the whole cure against drugs and uh, you know what? Throw away half your music collection. <laughs> yeah. All of them way high on drugs. Yeah, yeah. all the, it was the the whole thing with the news story about not hearing a positive spin on all that drug use. But it's just the way they talk about it is like something you read in the paper. Like all that mm. drug use is something you read about later as a statistic. Like they report the drug war. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Yeah. Like it's a some government document or something like that, as opposed to like what was happening. I mean, of course, we're talking about the part where the government is uh <laughs> it's selling it, you know, mm -hmm. shipping it in. That guy, I watched that uh what is it, Kill the Messenger? That's I don't know movie. that one. It's uh what the guy get what what you say his name was? Gary. Gary Webb. Gary Webb. He's the one that like broke that story and then they Yeah like tore him down like yeah dude discredited him and as a journalist yeah exactly yeah they didn't show the suicide stuff in the movie so it was like you know when you watch one of those documentaries or something and you're like yeah fight the power and, just, and then you go look on wikipedia and you're like oh shit yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 there's so much shit like that dude 
It's like I was all about Braveheart, and then it was like, no, nah, it's all made up. I'm like, what? Come on. Yeah. I want to be Braveheart. No happy names there. I feel like the modern day version of that is if there was somebody that really started a movement that the government didn't like, they would just say they found child pornography on their computer. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And then nobody's going to hitch themselves to that wagon. Nah, dude. And do you guys remember back in the day whenever you were in the playground and you were doing your insults? The escalations would always be like, you're a retard. And then they'd be like, you're a test tube baby. And then finally, the trump card was, you're a crack baby. You yeah. guys remember that? I, I no. guess so. I don't know. I mean, you know, you grew up in those rough neighborhoods, Ian. I'm telling you, that was the <laughs> ultimate insult. That was the ultimate trump card on the playground. Crack baby. I, I can't say I'm an expert about this, but I did see a documentary once called New Jack City that's all about this. So you guys should check that out. All right. Ian, you can do this next one. All right. The CIA is responsible for carrying out various bloody drone attacks which have killed thousands of innocent civilians in Iraq, Iran, and Afghanistan under Presidents Bush, Obama, and Trump. To justify this, the CIA has more or less said it wasn't personal. With these cool high-tech drones, it really just feels like playing video games. And there was like a 75% chance that one or two of them might have been terrorists, so yada, 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 collateral damage, acceptable casualties. They were all shithole third-world countries anyway. Fuck it, who cares? So what you got to do in that situation is just, what was it that we did? We just classified any male of fighting age. Enemy combatant. Enemy combatant. Yes. (laughs) Classic. Yeah. This is one of those fucked up things where, because these people that are flying these drones, they're in like Utah or some shit like that. Yeah, dude. They're like nowhere near the battlefield. Detached emotionally, just like social power. Exactly. But apparently it does have some sort of impact psychologically where you're just like, Again, you know, it's kind of like you're playing this video game where people die and then you just go home and have dinner with your family. Like that has to be have some kind of fucking impact on your psyche, I would think, unless you're just a complete sociopath. I mean, if you view it the same way as playing like Street Fighter where it's like fatality and you just think it's the same difference. Like, dude, you know, some dude, people... that's Mortal Kombat. Jesus that's fucking Mortal Kombat. Christ again oh, this right. week. Jesus Christ. Oh, of all the things you could I've have gotta said. I've got to get my retro references. Of all right. the offensive things you've said this episode. <laughs> All right, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, you're right. I don't agree with any of this. I mean, I'm an American, and if you don't, if you don't bleed red, white, and blue, you know, I, I don't care about your blood. Yeah, these colors don't run. Your blood's gonna run after we drop a bomb on it, but yeah. red, white, and blue don't run. Fatality. Extraordinary rendition is the apprehension and extrajudicial transfer of a person from one country to another. The term torture by proxy is used by some critics to describe situations in which the CIA and other U.S. agencies have transferred suspected terrorists to countries known to employ torture, whether they meant to enable torture or not. Under President Bush, the CIA coined the playful term advanced interrogation techniques, Basically, CIA operatives would nearly kill suspected terrorists in various off-the-grid black sites. Why's it got to be black, huh? (laughs) Yeah, it's because Ian wrote this. That's why it is. (laughs) Yeah, Jesus, Ian. In Thailand, for example, a lot of the interrogators were known sadists and would use the old motivate a bad guy technique of threatening to rape and or kill the parents and children of the suspect. Brutality. It really didn't matter if the intel was good or not. As long as they could torture someone into giving the U.S. a target, the war could continue and make the military-industrial complex fat and happy. Flawless victory. 
It has been suspected that nearly 90% of all the intel collected by advanced interrogation techniques was just bullshit made up by desperate people that weren't bad guys to begin with and had no real knowledge of the questions even being asked and just wanted to get a timeout so they could go pee. Yeah. Oh, that'd be me for sure. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't believe you haven't peed. You probably just did you get a fucking catheter or something? Is that what's going on, Bobby? You have to pee <laughs> 10 times every well, podcast. No one's, uh, you know, been torturing me. I, yeah, I remember this. I mean, this is uh, the old school advanced interrogation techniques, which I had a whole uh, track on my hit album, It Gets Worse. <laughs> <laughs> what was that track about? It was about advanced interrogation techniques, where that's the term that they use to smooth out torture. But yeah, it's like calling rape an advanced dating technique. Or I forget, I haven't done that. Uh, I was going to yeah. say, yeah, I remember that joke. Yeah, it's been a minute since I've done that bit. But yeah, it, it, they, but this is, it's Newspeak is what it is. If you're familiar with, uh, what was that? Uh, was that 1984? Orwell, yeah. 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 yeah, so they have to come up with words or terminology that softens what they're actually really doing, and that's what they did all along. Ian, you go ahead. Some of these advanced interrogation techniques are quite advanced. For example, rectal exams were conducted with excessive force on two detainees at detention site Cobalt. CI records indicate that one of the detainees was later diagnosed with chronic hemorrhoids, an anal fissure, and symptomatic rectal prolapse. Brutality. As a result, he was forced to retire from being a power bottom. And sure, dialing it in and taking one for the team might be good enough in some people's books, but not in ours, goddammit. We demand that this dude get the full use of his anus back. But the ass fun wasn't limited to just medical exams. Hundreds of detainees, including alleged 9-11 mastermind Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, were subject to and threatened with medically unnecessary rectal rehydration. Boom. A process where a doctor-like person shoves a tube up your ass like you're a fish tank then turns on a pressurized water connection at full blast. Have you heard of this, Chris? Uh, first doctor-like person is unacceptable. I know that. Doctor-like. Doctor-like. Yeah, imagine if you have an injury and they're like, well, we don't have a doctor, but we have a doctor-like person. And he can shove a tube up your ass if it will help. I would like to think that someone just saw Jackass and got inspired. <laughs> yeah. When they use those terms, like they seems like they try to say it's like, oh, well, the person's not eating or they're not drinking. It's like hunger, possible hunger strike. Right. But I think it's just excuses to stick stuff up their ass. Yeah, dude. Even independent of that, obviously. But here's the thing that was bothering me when I first read about this. I was going like of all the torture techniques of all the varieties that are available, how far I would have to go personally out of my own vengeance before I got to this guy's asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, this pers- these people have clearly have alternative motives. Yeah, yes, that's a great point, Chris. It probably is probably fucking influenced because there are a lot of these people. I'm not, I mean, I'm not speculating and stereotyping here, but they're all probably homophobic. So they're probably like, ah, you know what? Really get him is uh, put something up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> if I shove something up his ass, then I won't have to stop thinking about it. It'll make me less gay by proxy. <laughs> but I'm I'm saying out of mere convenience of a person who doesn't want to do work, oh. like like if you if you just came to me right now, if you just said I had to torture Carlos right now, I'd just be like, let me get any. I'd be I'd do anything to not. After. I had to clean up shit my dogs for yesterday. Like she, 
<laughs> I'd rather go shopping for pizza rolls. Yeah, and then we like left her, wash her off, left her outside because I didn't want to deal with it again. You know what I mean? So I was like, ah, I don't want to deal with this right now. So it's like, they're like, I mean, what would it? How much are you getting paid at your job? <laughs> You know what, but I mean, yeah, that you're absolutely right about that. I agree with you. But I also think that a lot of these people that are doing this also have some sort of uh, that macho mentality where like, well, you know, what's the worst thing that could possibly happen is up your ass, dude, because it's gay. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's going to do some gay shit. That's going to, you know, so like I think that mentality still permeates what they think is torture. Yeah. And I would think, though, that you would uh, the threat of. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when you see uh, almost like, what is it? Like uh, Clockwork Orange stuff or or if you were just programming somebody with the uh, end of the Matrix or like you want to threaten them. I don't want to deal with your actual asshole is what I'm saying. Right. Like right the, yeah. <laughs> there's ways to, yeah, there's all kinds Cause of Because that's gay, threat. man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't like assholes. That's gay, bro. You know, threaten gay. You know, threaten gay. That's what you want to do. Is, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to be, you know jamming bananas up dudes asses that's not like uh i don't know just hire somebody else to yeah that's right <laughs> wait is, is china still requiring anal covid tests or whatever no, this is the best kind of test i'm hoping so that's the only reason i booked my trip <laughs> all right guys let us move on to our last segment of the podcast. We'd like to close the show with questions sent from our hundreds of listeners around the world. We accept all questions, but we rarely have an answer for any of them. Question number one is, where do I send questions? That's in at gmail.com or through our social media. Facebook, Instagram at Comedy, Twitter at IndecorousPod, Patreon at DamnShits.com, or just hit us up at Patreon.com slash IndecorousComedy. And how do you spell Indecorous, Bobby? That's I-N-D-E-C-O-R-O-U-S. Nailed it. So this first question, this comes from Aaron. Aaron asks, what are your thoughts on adding your boss slash bosses on social media? Now, Chris and I are touring comics, so I I don't have the traditional bosses, like a manager or the what a supervisor type of thing. If I had to have the equivalent of this in my field of work, it would be bookers. Oh, yeah. And I honestly do not like adding bookers to my, like, Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Like, I avoid it now. Like I, I have some because I had them back when I started social media where I was just trying to add anybody. Anybody and anybody that I knew, I would try to add them on Facebook or uh, mostly Facebook at that point. Maybe Twitter a little bit later, but... So I have some of them on there, but now I'm like, if I know it's a booker, I'm like, I don't fucking want to. And there is some, as Chris knows, that I was friends on Facebook with, which I no longer (laughs) am. (laughs) But how do you feel about this, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I couldn't be more against it. Um, Yeah, I I, I despise, I hate the idea of it. I despise, I think I I, I would not want to add them, but still, if, if someone added or if we somehow... I don't, I don't know. They, I don't want to say they feel the need to be. There's two groups. There's two groups. Uh-huh. There's the boss that wants to fucking hang out. Yes. And then there's the boss that don't want any part of that. And I'm right. automatically cool with the ones that don't want any part of it. And yes. the ones want to hang out are trying not to be bosses, even though they're trying to be bosses. They're like, want to be yes. your best friend or they want to be near, I get, I don't, artists or something. I don't know what the fuck. 
I think that's absolutely, I think you nailed it, dude, because I was like, there's one particular one that I think both of us know who we're talking about that I'm not going to say out loud, but they try to play it out like, because they've been around comedy for so long as comedy bookers, they feel like they're comics themselves. So they think they're funny. Uh, Wait, does it rhyme with skull race? Jesus, you could have come up with a better fucking rhyme than that, but yeah, sure. That was terrible. Yeah, that was a terrible rhyme, but I mean, thank you for making it vague like that. I mean, you can edit that out. You can... Yeah, I know. Yeah, that was so bad that I'm going to keep it in. So I actually think, and especially with Skull Race, as fucking Bobby calls him, he thinks he's a comic, so he thinks he can shoot this shit with comic. You know, comics are always giving each other shit, but it's funny, yeah. bro, because we're comics. You know, we can roast each other. But with some of these bookers, it's just like, ah, I'm going to say something mean. Yeah. And then it's just mean. Yeah. And I'm like, there's nothing funny about that. You just said something mean, but because you think you're in the comic world that you're automatically like, oh, yeah, no, it's jokes. I'm like, no, what you said had no wit to it. Yeah. It's just, just busting balls, man. Jeez, can't take yeah, it. Yeah, just busting balls. You can't take a joke. Well, it's crazy. There's this crazy thing where they like, there's that power dynamic when they talk about that with either Hollywood or they talk about that with relationships. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's the power dynamic itself is inherently contradicts the whole ethic of the comedic hang. Yes. Like you just, just the existence of it is like damaging. And what's crazier is those people. It's like, it's paper thin. The difference, like you could, you're welcome to come over. Go up in a mic. Like you're so well you're oh, yeah. so welcome. Yeah. And yet they can't bring themselves to open that vulnerability from the point of view of theoretical power or whatever claimed power they have. Like it's not even real. Exactly. Like it's like in my town, there's like that kind of thing, but it's like a guy who runs a hotel and it's like it's a venue rental. That's mm-hmm. like they're like event coordinators, like a venue, you know, rental. But then they like apply right. it to like there's some arena doesn't book the musicians and like, oh, yeah, well, let's talk about your lyrics. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have it easy. <laughs> there's not even related uh-huh. like it's it's never been related, yes. but somehow they like want to make it feel related and they trick you. I start to feel like it's related. I'm like, yeah, this guy that runs this <laughs> this uh, conference hall, maybe he does know some stuff about this. I don't Oh, sure. You know, it's very blurry. I just want to go back for a second to the power yeah. dynamic thing that you mentioned because it what something that brought it to the fore with me was I was hanging out with a comic. He he did comedy when I started out, but he hasn't done comedy now in probably 10 years. Mm. But he told me a story about how once after he had quit comedy, he was hanging out at the office with a, what was it, Skull, skull Face? Skull Race. We're just going to call him Skull Face. <laughs> skull Face. He's calling him Skull Face. And oh. uh, Skull Face told a joke, you know, some random fucking Booker joke that's not funny. And he, <laughs> and then uh, my buddy didn't laugh. And then Skull Face was like, what's, yeah, what's the problem, man? Like, what are you, is there something wrong? And then my buddy was just like, uh, I just, I, I don't need to get booked by you. I don't need to laugh at your jokes for the sake of making you happy anymore. I'm like, all right, that brings it back to, yeah, that's exactly what it is, man. It's like, you don't have to appease this guy and like chuckle at his dumb jokes anymore. There's nothing that he can do for you anymore. And that's what happens is they get so used to comics that can get bookings out of them being like, ah, he's like fucking giving you the polite chuckle or whatever the fuck. He's like, nah, I don't need to politely chuckle to your fucking dumbass mean jokes anymore. Yeah, there, there are a lot of people that might disagree with them, but 
in much the same way that they wouldn't call out some hot chick for saying something retarded. <laughs> right. <laughs> you yeah. know, That's they're right. not going <laughs> to. Yeah, I'm not trying to get laid by you anymore, Skullface. I'm not trying to fuck you anymore. Uh, let's go to our second question now. This comes from Chris. Is preventative war actually defensive? Best defense is good offense, man. Bow, bam, you nailed it, dude. Fucking bam. I don't know what our relationship with Japan is, but um, you know when people are like, oh, war never created peace, I'm like, I mean, we're doing all right, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, <laughs> that's true, man. That's a great fucking point, dude. Uh, only in certain cases where I don't think that was preventative. I'm not going to say that, but but the um, I always felt like if somebody was doing something really fucked up, like you know, with like Germany and stuff, like with the Nazi mm-hmm. stuff, and then they like if they get put in their place, it's like everybody. It's like Japan was doing with what they have the emperor. Yeah, they uh-huh. had that thing, and it was just like I think everybody is kind of like, yeah, that was dumb. Like we, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, and I mean that's exact words that they use. The historians, that's what they say. They're like, man, that was dumb as shit, bro. Yeah, <laughs> Hitler was so whack. Well, actually, no, 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 let me correct it. They said dumb AF. So I've got a hot take on this one. So Sweden's official Twitter account was ran for many years by random people that rotated in one-week increments, where they would just let a random jabroni off the street. Tweet wherever the fuck he wanted. Oh, like it was an elected position like on a weekly basis. It was completely just it's random. Fucking socialists. And, and like, you gotta think about this. You could really poke the bear if like some random guy named Josh was like, "Fuck Iran." You make all your women wear towels, and all your names are hard to pronounce. I mean, that could start a fucking war. Sure. But I mean, if you're a, a peaceful country filled up with happy people that have some socialist shit going on that's keeping everyone nice and happy you can avoid that they should just let abba run their twitter man everybody would love sweden everybody be like fucking we want to be a part of sweden man fucking abba's the shit so my my point is i'm I'm crescendoing to a point that if you're a chill country you can do some risky shit like this and it's still gonna be good in the end because your people are fucking well-bred but some of these other places man i mean they're just loose cannons you're being very ableist right now, Ian. So I think we need to we need to move on to the next question before you say yeah. anything else that gets us canceled. I think you might have some rectal rehydration in your future. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Just for the podcast, we're gonna move on to our last question of the night. This is Wes. Wes asks us: Can vampires get AIDS or erections? They drink blood, so they should be able to get HIV, but they don't have blood, so they shouldn't be able to get a hard on. Now, Chris, do you follow vampires much? I do not. <laughs> Me either. I'm not a, much of an expert. Like, I know that the, the whole thing is like, I want to drink people's blood. I did not know yeah. that they didn't have actual blood. How about you, Ian, Bobby? Do you guys know this? So I guess it really depends on if you're looking at Vampire Diaries, True Blood, or the originals. Like, there's all these different incarnations of what a vampire does in their television mythology. And from what I've seen, most of them, regardless of what the common denominator is, they all like to bang high school girls. So they apparently do get erections at some point. But I was going to say, I I thought you were saying that they all drink blood. I've never seen a vampire in any movie or television show that didn't drink blood. Don't they all want to drink blood? Yeah, Yeah, they all drink blood, but the whole like... Do they have blood to get erections? I mean, yeah, they can all bang high school girls, so they must be getting erections somehow. What do you think, Bobby? Uh, well, unfortunately, I was subjected to uh, True Blood back in the day. <laughs> and, uh, 
Yeah, yeah, I know. Are you ready to talk about this trauma here on the podcast? You know, I mean, maybe maybe we save it for another episode. But I do know there was a lot of nudity and fucking, and, and I never watched it, but I figured there were, right? Yeah, every HBO show. I mean, that's mm-hmm. how they, like, there is not a single popular right. HBO show that didn't have at least some nudity. Right, right. HBO could have a show called The Virgin Mary, and The Virgin Mary would be fucking somebody at some point. Yeah, it's called The, the Young Pope. That's right. So <laughs> apparently they can get hard-ons at some point, but we're just going to guess that they... I, no, I think their dicks are just permanently hard, right? All the time. But yeah, they've got a rigor mortis situation going on. Yeah. They just take full advantage. There you go. Okay. They're, they're using the blood, right? Like they're using the blood. Oh, that's where the blood goes. Right to their dick. That's why they have to drink it. Yeah. That's, Chris, you, know. you nailed it, dude. Yeah. It's the only way they can get an erection. Yeah. It's just a vampire cure for erectile dysfunction. Like they're just not producing their, it's like their insulin or something. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's the only reason they want all that blood is just so they can get hard. Yeah. Yeah. We play them like they're the bad guy, the aggressor, but it's really just their, they, you know, it's medical if they need. It's uh, just a medical <laughs> condition that they have yeah. <laughs> that they want to cure so they can uh, give people orgasms. <laughs> they're really givers is what it is at the end of the day. It's basically what we're doing with all of the animals we kill for various things. Oh, we need that elephant. We need that ivory. We need the fucking whale. This It's like, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's right. That's like. Our blood is vampire's rhino horn. Yeah. 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 There you go. <laughs> but it's weird, though, because they bite you, and they're just creating more erection competition, right? Oh, I hadn't thought about it like that. That's they're, a good They're point. all vying after the same blood. What do you mean more erection competition? What are you talking about? Well, like, they're creating somebody that also needs the oh. blood that they're going after to keep those dicks on. They make vampires in the oh, process. Oh, yeah. snap. That's pretty, uh, that's weird. I, I have a, um, <laughs> I had a, like a, You're like, I got something I got to do. Actually, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> I got an erection right now just from that question. <laughs> oh, no, I was saying, oh, I have this, uh, this Magic Johnson bit. And one day I was like researching it a long time ago. It's like 10 years ago. I wrote this you know this bit yeah. but there was a guy online that was just convinced uh magic johnson was a vampire and they made us a, a website for him like king of the vampires <laughs> <laughs> you know what's what's funny though is that that sounds kind of crazy but that guy was just ahead of his time with like the q and shit you know <laughs> i do remember this and i was hesitating to even mention it because i think it was it's an snl skit and i think the guest was uh James Woods, and that's why I even hesitated to say it because I he blocked me a long time ago, and he's a dickhole. But I think he was the guest host. They had a sketch on SNL in the early '90s where he was played a vampire, but he kept asking the person that he was about to bite, like, "Where have you been?" or like, "What's?" And they'd be like, "Ah, oh, well, I was, you know, in San Francisco." And he was like, "Oh, I don't know if I'm be biting <laughs> you right now," <laughs> like that sort of thing. All right, guys, that is the podcast. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for making the time to be on the podcast, man. I really appreciate it, dude. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Anytime. Do you have anything that you would like to plug, whether it's shows or social media or anything? When's this come out? This will come out probably... Next week? Yeah, next week. Next week, Uh, yeah. Okay, well, I got a gig this weekend, so that's... 
Yeah, that's not that's gonna be out. What about next nine eleven? You got anything yeah, going on that's then? That's right. What is? Yeah, I feel, I, I, we hear you're the nine eleven anniversary comic now. Uh, yeah, that's I'm I'm really dedicated to that. I really am. <laughs> it really it, right. it, it broke my heart not to get to enjoy the twentieth. You know, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it my mission. Even though I've never been there, I'm gonna make it my mission. And I suck at booking, but I'm gonna try to book a gig in Kannapolis. On 9-11, so you can just tell your fucking Dale Earnhardt 9-11 joke in the fucking city. Like if, I, if there's a bar on Dale Earnhardt Boulevard, I will book it there. So you're going to actually <laughs> praise Dale and raise Hill in Kannapolis is what you're that's saying? That's right. That's right. That's right. All right. Bobby or Ian, do you guys have any last words before we wrap it up? Take it away. Uh, much like last episode, I think I had a little bit of word vomit, unfortunately. So once again, to redeem myself, I will be seeking the services of Lady Boys. Very well. And uh, Chris, you got any social media or anything that uh, people can check you out? Uh, everything's like at Big Soda Buck. Big Soda Buck. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I like it. I dig it too, man. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to support us online with some cash, you can hit us up at uh, themshits.com or patreon.com slash comedy. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Rock your cat. Rock your cat. Yeah. Dude, Hitler was so whack.